Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan LaPique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping. Today, we're going to talk about a very timely and interesting topic in terms of the use of digital labor, and specifically in how organizations should think about the governance process as they expand their use of digital labor. So we have two KPMG's experts on this topic. We have Thomas Hall. He's part of the management consulting practice and he specializes in helping clients restructure their services relationships with third parties. And we also have Kelly Combs. She's from the emerging technology section of our risk management group, and she specializes in risk mitigation, IT security, and process control. So what we want to talk about today is for organizations that are utilizing third-party services, as those services evolve from human-based labor to digital labor, what do they need to think about in terms of the contract, in terms of government, and really understand what's going to change as more of the work is done by digital labor versus human labor? Thomas and Kelly, maybe to start out with, when we talk about digital labor, how should we, we think about governance of that? Are we looking at governance from the standpoint of centers of excellence? Is this something that can be governed from a more traditional format? Where do we want to start here? That's a great question, Stan. So what we're talking about is a digital center of excellence or digital COE. And what we mean is the organizational structure, the staffing and responsibilities, and the business processes, the workflow to enable the transition of work or workflow to digital processing. And then the oversight of the run state of that operation, the operations of the automated and cognitive work, as well as the processes necessary to enable continuous innovation and improvement within those processes. Is this something that would be typically tackled by the existing governance organization, or is there some changes that need to be done relative to who and how it's governed? I think it depends. If a client has a traditional center of excellence related to their shared services function, in the past that we've seen that this is typically focused on process streamlining and how you work specifically with your shared service center provider, which is typically global process execution. Whereas when we talk about digital labor and we think about a digital center of excellence, functionally, we're talking about how you should incorporate an IT competency and an ability to understand within a given process how you can gain efficiencies through automation. This would require IT-related skills and governance that may or may not currently reside within your current business departments. And then also from a technical perspective. So you're going to need to consider what type of model for execution you're comfortable with deploying. When I talk about model, what I'm talking about is there's a couple options, one where the business would maintain the automation platform and one where IT would maintain the automation platform. Or what we're also seeing in the marketplace is sort of a hybrid team where the business maintains some responsibilities and IT performs other responsibilities or even hosted by your outsourcing provider. So there's going to be a requirement on how to articulate how the process is changing from the underlying technology, how you're going to support 
the changing process, what model you're going to use for ownership over the platform itself. As you mentioned in the beginning, Stan, so I come from a risk and controls background. So companies also need to be thinking about how are you going to engage your IT security and compliance functions that are responsible for data privacy, Sarbanes-Oxley, internal audit is going to need to start thinking about how will this automation change and impact your control landscape. It's really important to engage all relevant stakeholders as it relates to risk, but also to incorporate controls without preventing the business from meeting their rapid automation requirements. And what we're seeing is these skills and functions exist in today's organization, but when we think about digital labor or robotic process automation, it's really going to need to be an integrated cross-functional effort to understand how to set up your digital center of excellence. So in terms of the different models you just described, is there the preferred one or does it really depend on the organization and its existing structure and, and what they're doing? I think it depends on what are their specific use cases, processes that they want to automate. What is IT's strategy for digital labor? So does the CIO have a strategy for providing an enterprise solution? Or is the organization comfortable with letting the business maintain, manage, and run the digital labor platform? As well as do you want the technology to be on-premise within your own environment, or do you want it to be hosted, and are you okay with giving up some of the responsibilities and potentially intellectual property and rights to your outsourcing provider? It is really dependent on sort of the vision and strategy within your organization. Great. So, Thomas, maybe if you could comment a little bit on who should be involved with these efforts. Kelly mentioned it. It really comes down to the strategy of the company. When we say strategy, that means a lot of stakeholders are invested in these decisions about where, who, what, where all this will land. We always work with corporate executive management, shared services management, the business unit management themselves, IT, often through a steering committee approach to ensure that the design and placement of the digital COE makes sense in the organization from a strategic business perspective. Yeah, and and to piggyback off what Thomas is saying is our clients are really reacting and they're trying hard to be proactive given all of the change that's occurring in today's marketplace. So we think about technology changes, the way the markets are changing, knowledge that companies have today. And some businesses are moving fundamental corporate services to a service model where IT, for example, or the CIO is a function or a service to the business. You know, we also talk about software as a solution in, in hosted environments. So when we're thinking about digital COE, all of these questions about where will it reside, who is responsible for it, what operational functions will it perform are big decisions that companies need to contemplate when they're thinking about what risk do I want to maintain, what risk do I want to allow my outsourcing provider to maintain, and then from beyond just the operational where, who, and what, how do we integrate IT security, financial controls, bundled with the overall IT strategy at the organization? Even a little bit more tactical, but I think you both have provided some very sound advice in terms of what firms need to be doing. If we're talking to a client that has a big IT outsourcing or FNA outsourcing or procurement outsourcing effort, what should they really be doing today relative to talking to their service providers, whether they have a center of excellence or not? What should be the practical next steps that organizations should be doing relative to what they have in place today in terms of outsourcing as it relates to digital labor? In 2017, 
most companies, particularly large global organizations, place major outsourcing contracts for IT services, other corporate services, business services. And those contracts were negotiated by both parties using sophisticated counsel, both within the corporations. And so typically what we find, Stan, is in the existing contracts, there's already a structure in place to address security issues and compliance issues. We're talking about dynamic compliance activities in environment the digital governance. The nature of this, it's not anticipated in existing service contracts. While the delivery solution, the pricing productivity assumptions, the service levels, all of these things where improvement will be enabled by digital transformation, they'll require contract changes to the existing contract. But as well, just the digital COE and the structure and the governance around that itself will also need to be incorporated into the contract documents. There's actually a broad range of kind of heavy lifting that needs to be done to contract for digital labor. I think what Thomas is alluding to is the contracts today have broad outlines, exhibits, setting the boundaries in which you and your service provider will play within. But really the meat and potatoes behind that is within your digital center of excellence. For example, if a service provider is going to implement a number of bots to automate tasks, these bots will be interacting with your target systems. Eventually your target system may be upgraded and you need to think about how are you going to adjust the bot, whether you're redesigning it, retesting it, the whole change management implementation process. And so there's effort and cost and there's security and control implications when you're making even just a minor bot change. And what we really see is that the digital center of excellence is the IT function that's responsible for handling these processes. When bots aren't processing as intended, you need a function that operationally is responsible for monitoring and maintaining the service. So if the client doesn't already have a digital COE that can operationally address these issues, we're going to have work to do to set that up. But irrespective of that answer, there's going to be work in the contract that needs to be done. And the work, the risk, the rewards are going to need to be allocated and they'll need to be process considerations implemented in the new contract vehicle as well as the procedures, manuals, and statements of work and such that support the contract and the operation of this activity. Yeah, so we would recommend, as Thomas is mentioning, adding exhibits, thinking about, again, as we mentioned before, who and what and where is responsible for the Digital Center of Excellence, and adding things such as standard operating procedures, what are the processes necessary to support the design, implementation, run, and change to enable automation, and whether this is in the contract or at a minimum you develop these policies and procedures within the organization and sort of supplements to the broader contract, at a minimum these things need to be developed to help enable your business fully utilize automation and be successful. So existing contracts built with the idea that we use a slang behind the curtain. The service provider generally brings productivity and cost savings assurance and quality improvement. And a lot of that work that brings that value to the customers is behind the service provider's curtain. The essence of automation, cognitive and digital improvement, really requires more of that to be out in front of the curtain, if you will. And so as productivity is anticipated and a digital COE, whether it resides with customer, whether it resides with service provider, to make these work, 
operationally as well as from a commercial standpoint, there needs to be a great deal more visibility. So there's a fundamental change in structure and approach that the contract will require because what we're talking about in terms of savings here is 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x the savings that's been typical in outsourcing contracts that have been derived from labor arbitrage and some technology improvements. To release that cost savings and free up improvement in quality, the client needs to sign up for work and decisions, and the service provider needs to sign up for work and decisions in a manner that's more transparent than the current contracts require. So it sounds like then that our recommendations are that really any organization with outsourcing efforts in place, particularly large outsourcing efforts, they need to be proactive in going to their service provider to renegotiate contracts and do the other things that you both just described. It's something that should be on every firm who's outsourcing today's agenda versus being reactive and waiting for the service provider to come to them or waiting till their renewal, which in some cases could be several years in the future. So is that accurate? It's spot on, Stan. Waiting for a renewal cycle just doesn't make sense anymore. Regardless whether a customer is very aggressively pursuing opportunities in, in automation and cognitive through a digital COE and internal efforts, or if they're a late starter on this journey, there are automation opportunities and level two digital cognitive solutions residing within the scope of services provided by current outsourcing contracts. Looking at your contracts now is a great opportunity to get a jump start because these service providers are in this business. They're on the cutting edge of these technologies and these improvements. And there's no reason for a customer not to start to look at their current outsourcing contracts and engaging service providers in discussions about opportunity. That's right, Thomas. Even from my experience, we've already started seeing clients can dramatically accelerate efficiencies, improve the quality of their service through automation, generate basically game-changing savings, 40%, 50% through service provider automation. And so there's a lot of opportunity out there. And it's important throughout the automation journey that back to some of the original themes and thoughts that we had at the beginning to establish responsibilities with your outsourcing provider, establish that digital center of excellence to help operationalize and help you gain those automation efficiencies for the short term, but also for scaling up in the future. Okay, well, great. Thomas and Kelly, thank you very much. I think you've highlighted some very key points here relative to the expansion of the use of digital labor, but also that really that organizations need to prioritize being very proactive with their service providers in terms of looking at their contracts and how digital labor is being employed within the outsourcing efforts. Thank you very much for these insights. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.